Welcome to A Beggar Who Found Bread. I'm your host, Brad, and yes, the rumors are true. I'm a beggar, and I found bread, the bread of life, Yeshua the Messiah, and I want others to know where this bread may be found, that they may become complete in him. This episode, wrap it up. Shout out to Texas blues legends, the Fabulous Thunderbirds, for the title to this episode. Fabulous Thunderbirds, founded in 1974 by vocalist Kim Wilson, and for many years featured guitarist Jimmy Vaughn, brother of the late, great Stevie Ray Vaughn. And... Jimmy Vaughn stayed with the Fabulous Thunderbirds till 1990. He left the band to complete an album with his brother, Stevie Ray, which they did in early 1990. And later that year was when Stevie tragically died. The Fabulous Thunderbirds have continued rolling on, as I said, and Kim Wilson, vocalist, remains the only original member of the band. They did... In 2000, it was in February of 2000, that the Fabulous Thunderbirds were the first band to be broadcast live in high definition on the internet in February 2000. Yeah, it's kind of old school meeting new school, something like that. Anyway, they've been featured in a few movie soundtracks and so forth. Good stuff, fun stuff. And quality guitar work throughout. In any event, it's not about the music. It is about the message. Wrap it up. And that is precisely what we are going to do in this episode. We have been going through, section by section, portion by portion, we have been going through much of Yeshua's Sermon on the Mount. And we started late last season going through some of some of the master's teachings and we've continued on and thus far here in season five that is where our focus has been and i've been blessed by the study and i hope and pray that you're being blessed as we go through this and as i said as followers of yeshua we should be well versed in his teachings and they should they, we should not just know them, but we should live them. We should live according to what he taught. We declare him as our master, as our Lord. He is our rabbi, our teacher. And as I, I said in the previous episode, I believe that the church has gone to such great lengths to declare that Yeshua, Jesus, is not just a good teacher. He's so much more, and yes, he absolutely is. But the fact remains, he is the good teacher. And we should, we should be well-versed and immersed in the teachings of our master, which are all, of course, founded and rooted and grounded in the Tanakh, the Old Testament writings, the Hebrew text, the Torah, the prophets, and the writings. And so, we're going to wrap up with our look at the Sermon on the Mount in this episode. And I'm going to begin, I'm going to begin in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. And then we're going to, what I'm going to do is kind of encapsulate my understanding of 
Yeshua's Sermon on the Mount. So I, I ask you, please bear with me, um, extend me grace, and just just please receive what is being put out here today. As always, study to show yourself approved of God. Always encourage you to do that. Don't just take my words for stuff, or any other teacher for that matter, except this teacher, Yeshua. Take his teachings. <laughs> you, can take, you can take his word for everything he said. So let's take a look. We'll start at Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. Yeshua is speaking. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And yet it did not fall. For its foundation had been built on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell and great was its fall. Now, when Yeshua had finished these words, the crowds were astounded at his teaching for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their Torah scholars. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And of course, the brother of the master, Jacob, or James, as most English Bibles translate it, James, the brother of Yeshua, stated this, James 1, 22 through 25. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deluding yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he looks at himself and goes away, he immediately forgets what sort of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect Torah, the Torah that gives freedom and continues in it, not becoming a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he shall be blessed in what he does. And of course, James goes on to say in chapter 2 that faith without works is dead. So Yeshua starts off this portion of his sermon with the word, therefore. So we, the question we ask when we see that word, of course, is what is the therefore? Therefore. Well, we could jump back a few verses and say mm, he's, he's probably referring to the many who will say to him on that day, Lord, Lord, and that would be, uh, that would be safe. We could jump back to that and say, yeah, the, uh, perhaps he's referring to those people as ones who heard but did not do his word. They didn't build that foundation. They were not doers of his word. But I believe... Personally, I believe that this, therefore, is a reminder of this entire sermon. That he has gone through all of this, and then he says, therefore, the one who hears and does my words is like the one who, who builds his house on the rock. In modern English, it's as though he's saying, having said all that, the last three chapters worth... Everyone who hears and does what I said will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock, a firm foundation. And Yeshua delivers 
a really a one-point sermon. And I know I've got friends who have attended seminary and, and I've got friends who are theologians and they've got, they've got all the training and all the things. And, and it's, it, you know, the big focus is typically got to have a three point sermon or you got, you know, and, and it, you can, it, you can have, I think almost any number of points in your sermon except the number six. Don't use the number six. Don't have a six point sermon because that six is the number of man and people get superstitious about that. So don't do anything with that number in it. Anyway, my point is this. Yeshua has a one-point sermon. Do what I tell you to do. Hear what I'm telling you and act on it. That's his one-point sermon, and that is the application. That's another thing that many modern preachers are very hung up on is, what's the application? What's the application? And I even got in a little trouble. Not not trouble, but a minor rebuke because um, I had taught a few things and didn't, didn't present application. And I personally thought the application was right in there based on what scripture was telling us we were supposed to do. And I do think though, that there are times when we give application, when a preacher or a teacher, someone presents a message and then we give, we give application at the end. And I think that it can, it can fall short when we do that, because we may hit on some specific points that don't necessarily apply to someone within someone within earshot someone who has heard the message and so if we get too specific in the application here's how you do these things a b and c line them out do this i know personally for myself i have sat through some sermons and when it came to the wrap up and the um the application portion of it the preacher hit on some specific things that didn't touch on what I was dealing with. Now that message, most of the message was speaking to me, but he he kind of gave me an out because he gave this very specific application. And so it kind of gave me in my mind, and I know I'm hearing, I'm hearing the word of God, so I know what God is speaking to me. But in my mind, I'm kind of getting an out because, ooh, preacher kind of avoided that one. He didn't, mm, maybe, maybe that's not, maybe that's not what's being said to me today, but I, I know better. I know. And the Holy Spirit does his work. He convicts, he counsels, and he comforts. Anyway, so coming back around here, we should notice the wise man who built on the rock and the foolish man who built on sand, both experienced rain, floods, and wind. The storms of life hit them both, but the one who built on that sure foundation, the rock, no other foundation can be laid than that which is already laid, Messiah, Yeshua. What that man built did not fail. The one who heard, but did not do Messiah's words, his house fell, and great was its fall. Therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. When you acknowledge your impoverished spiritual condition, apart from Adonai, recognizing the only things of value come from Hashem, you will find true happiness in the coming kingdom. Where a man's treasure is, there his heart will be also. When you mourn over your sin, you will be happy 
as the Holy Spirit convicts, counsels, and brings you comfort, godly sorrow works repentance, and repentance leads to restoration. When you practice meekness, showing gratitude for things beneath what you think you deserve or expect and still being grateful for them, you will be happy for you will inherit the earth. Hashem exalts the humble and humbles the proud. When you pursue the righteousness of Adonai with a hunger and thirst, you will be happy for you will find satisfaction for your soul. After all, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of Hashem. When the desires of your heart reflect the purity of heaven, you will be happy, for you will see Yah. Yet I know that my Redeemer lives, and in the end, he will stand on earth. Even after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see Yah, Hashem. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I and not a stranger. When you negotiate peace between your brothers, as well as between Hashem and man, you will be glad for you will have gained the name child of God. If you know that he is righteous, you also know that everyone who does what is right is born of him. See how glorious a love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children. And so we are. The reason the world does not recognize us as his is because it doesn't even know him yet. When you are mocked, humiliated and persecuted for adhering to the righteousness of Hashem, you should be glad, for you will receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So they left rejoicing, because they were considered worthy of being beaten and dishonored on account of his name. When people denounce, condemn, oppress, and torment you, making up lies and bearing false witness against you on account of Yeshua, celebrate, sing praise, and be glad. You have a great reward in the coming kingdom. The prophets of Hashem who came before you were treated the same and even worse. They did not waver. They were able to bear up under the torment because of their trust in Adonai and because of his faithfulness. Moses considered that being disgraced for the coming Messiah was greater riches than all of Egypt because he was looking ahead to the true reward. The earth will be seasoned and lives preserved as you are salt to it. Don't lose your flavor being corrupted by the cares of this world and impurities of it, and then be trampled under feet of men. This dark world is illuminated by you. The flame you carry has been passed down through the generations originating from the ancient of days. The light that turns the sun to a shadow, the eternal light of the truth of El Shaddai, chasing away darkness. A brilliant mountaintop, mountaintop metropolis will not be shrouded or dimmed. 
Messiah, Yeshua. He is the fullness, the embodiment of the Torah and the prophets. He is the intent and purpose, the goal to which they all pointed, the living example. You who observe and obey Yah's teaching, the Torah, teaching others to do so, you obey it and you teach others to do so, you will be great in the kingdom of heaven. But if you violate the Torah and teach others to do the same, even in the smallest detail, you will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. The letter and the spirit of the law shall be written on the tablets of the hearts of men. This word is alive and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Find the depth of the truth of the Torah. It's not just your actions, but your heart. Murder isn't just the act of taking a life. When you're baselessly enraged against a brother or even call him a fool, you're guilty. If you're preparing an offering and realize a brother has a dispute with you, first go make peace with your brother, then present your offering with clean hands and a pure heart. As much as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Adultery isn't just the physical act. When you gaze and lust after someone, You've committed adultery in your heart, ignoring and violating a covenant of God between husband and wife. Remove from your path things that make you stumble. Get rid of them. Set boundaries. It is better to enter God's kingdom, having missed some earthly pleasure, than to satisfy the desires of your flesh and descend to Gehenna. Authorization to divorce was granted because of the weakness of our flesh. God hates divorce. He who does so for anything other than marital unfaithfulness brings the woman into the grasp of adulteries. He himself commits adultery. And even he who takes the woman as a wife is an adulterer. Keep your answers plain and simple. When you mean yes, say yes. When you mean no, simply say no. Don't swear by heaven, earth, Jerusalem, or even your own head. Mean what you say when you say it. And don't try to add value or impact by swearing by things you don't control. By doing so, you lower the value of your word and you cheapen the throne of God and his footstool. You diminish the city of the great king and even your own life. Don't seek your own revenge against wicked people. If someone hits one side of your face, turn the other side to him, exposing yourself to be hit again. If someone wants to argue with you over your coat, give him your shirt as well. If someone forces you to walk a mile with him, go too. Let your kindness be like coals of fire heaped on one's head. If one asks of you, give it to him. If one comes to borrow from you, do not turn him away. It's easy to love those in agreement with you and to hate those who oppose you. You need to love your enemies. When someone curses you, bless them. When someone hates you, do good to them. Even as when 
you were God's enemies. He put his love on full display when we were still his enemies. He put his love on full display for us, offering up his only begotten son, Yeshua. Pray for those who hurt you and persecute you, revealing who revealing the identity of your father, praying for those who hurt and persecute you. That will reveal the identity of your father. Be set apart and complete just as your father in heaven is. He doesn't withhold the sun or the rain from the wicked. Follow his example. Don't do your good works and charitable giving for people to see them. If you do, the hollow applause of man is your full reward. Do your giving and acts of righteousness in secret. The recipient should never know it was you. God sees it and will reward you. Even the one who receives will only be able to give thanks to God as it should be. The same is true of your prayers. Don't make a spectacle of yourself trying to present as some great religious person or attempting to impress people with lengthy prayers. If your goal is the approval or praise of people, that's what your prayers will get you and nothing more. Go someplace private and quiet, praying to the only audience that matters, your Father in heaven. Pour your heart out to him, exalting his name and declaring him as the Almighty and your heavenly Father. Express your deep desire that as his will is done in heaven, it would be done on earth and in your very life. Seeking for his kingdom to come soon and in our days. Acknowledging Adonai as the provider of all our daily needs. Seek his mercy and forgiveness. Even as we pardon those indebted to us, we forgive those who have trespassed against us in thought, in word, or in deed. Ask for the bolstering strength and protection to keep you away from trials and for rescue from what is evil. Extol his power and majesty as the kingdom belongs to Adonai. If you pardon men for their trespasses against you, your Father in heaven will also pardon you. And if you don't pardon sons of men, your Father won't pardon your trespasses. Don't show other people that you're fasting by looking downcast. If you want to impress people by showing them how spiritual you are in fasting, the only thing you'll get out of it is man's accolades. When you fast, present yourself well so that your fasting isn't noticed by other people, but rather by your Father in heaven who sees the secret things, and he will be openly generous to you. Storing up temporary earthly treasures will lead to disappointment. They give you a false sense of security. Then, when you check on them, they've been consumed by moths, corroded by rust, or stolen by thieves. Store up for yourselves eternal treasure in heaven, where moths, rust, and thieves can't even enter in. Where you trust your treasure 
is where your heart will be. The lamp of the body is the eye. And if your eye is whole, seeing the light of truth, your entire body is illuminated. If you blind your eye to the light of the truth, your entire body will be darkened. And if the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? You need to choose if you will serve Adonai or money. No one can serve two masters. You'll hate one and love the other, or you'll cling to one and despise the other. Choose this day whom you will serve. Those who choose to serve Adonai don't have to worry about what they will eat, drink, wear, or where to find shelter. Your Father in heaven provides food for birds. They don't plant, harvest, or store provisions in barns, yet your Father sustains them. Aren't you far more important than birds? Can any of you add a minute to your life by worrying? God adorns the grass of the field with colorful flowers whose beauty grasp our attention. On his best day, King Solomon didn't dress as nice as the flowers of the field. And tomorrow, that grass is cut down and thrown in the fire. With that in mind, do you think the Almighty Creator is capable of keeping you clothed? People who know and trust Hashem shouldn't sit around worrying about what they'll eat, drink, or wear. He knows your needs before you even become before you even become aware of them. He knows your needs. He knows what we need. We should draw near to Him with a sincere heart, seeking the reign of Elohim and His righteousness. Seeking the reign of Elohim and His righteousness. Being not just hearers of the word, but doers of it. Then you will walk in confidence, trusting Him as the source of all you truly need. Don't worry about tomorrow. It's going to come, whether you fret or not. Stop burdening yourself today with tomorrow's worries. Live, trust, and love today. Deal with tomorrow when tomorrow arrives. The Father has provided enough for all your needs for today. He has provided enough faith for today. We need to be thankful for our manna and trust that he will meet our needs today. How you judge people is how you will be judged. However harsh the scale you use will be used on you. Man judges by outward appearances. Hashem sees the heart. Remember Job's friends and how they judged Job. How do you walk around with a log sticking out of your eye looking for sawdust in your brother's eye? How can you tell your brother he needs to let you remove the speck from his eye when you have a chunk of wood protruding from your own eye? Look in the mirror and remove the log from your eye. Hypocrite. Afterward, you will see clearly to be able to assist your brother in removing the speck from his eye and to do so in love. 
A dog has no concept of holiness, and a pig doesn't understand what has value. Giving a dog something holy or presenting a pig with pearls is pointless. They'll just trample them. They'll trample on the sacred, valuable things and then turn and tear you apart. Those who don't believe don't recognize the holiness of the Torah, nor should we seek nor should we seek the world's answers to what we entrust to God in faith. May we not put our pearls before swine and put what is holy before dogs. Adonai wants, wants us to ask him, to seek him, and to knock. Yeshua is the door to the Father. If human fathers, though they are evil, know how to give their children good gifts, how much more does the Heavenly Father know how to give His children good gifts? Trust Him. Ask, seek, knock, and trust Him. How you want to be treated by others is how you should treat them, regardless of how they treat you. This is the Torah and the prophets. Step in through the narrow gate. The way to destruction is expansive and it has a wide gate. Many people will go that way. The way of life is constrained and the gate is narrow. Few people find it. No one comes to the Father except through the gate. Yeshua HaMashiach. The way, the truth, and the life. Guard yourselves against the false prophets. They present themselves as sheep of the flock, but inside they are ravenous predatory wolves seeking to satisfy their greed and hunger feeding on the sheep. You can clearly recognize them by their fruit. Good trees produce good fruit, not bad. Rotten trees produce bad fruit, not good. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. By their fruit, you will know them. What fruit are others seeing in you? Not everyone who says to the king, my master, my master, will enter the kingdom, but rather the one who does the will of the father in heaven. On that day, Many will cry out to the king, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy, cast out demons and perform miracles in your name? And the king will respond, I have never known you, workers of evil, depart from me. So anyone who hears and does the words of the Messiah is like a wise man building on a foundation of rock for the person who hears his words and doesn't do them. Compare him with the foolish man who builds on a foundation of sand. Storms will come, waters will flood, and the winds will blow. That which is built on sand will fall, and its fall will be great. But that which is built on the rock will stand. 
thank you for giving me your time. And I just, I praise the Father. I am just, I'm, I'm grateful for the teachings of the Master Yeshua. And I hope that this has blessed you. This was a little bit different presentation, but I, I just, for me, this, this encapsulation of the Master's Sermon on the Mount, which is, it's the one real sermon, if you will, that he presented, though he, he obviously did many other teachings in day-to-day life as he went through. But this is his one um, full sermon that we have recorded, and it is, it, it is very much a one-point sermon. Hear and obey. Listen and do. He is our master. And once more, I know I've said this a few times over these, as we've been going through these episodes, but we, on a very practical level, we must live our faith. If he is to us who we say he is, our master and our Lord, then we should hunger and thirst and we should desire to do the things he taught us to do. And to do the things the Father taught us to do. Because he said his doctrine is not his own. It comes from the Father. He gave us the deeper understanding of the Torah. Please, study to show yourself approved. Our faith cannot just be this clinging, you know, by fingernails clinging and and hoping that because one day, however many years ago, we said a prayer and we were told that by just by saying that prayer, that means we're going to heaven. We can't just cling to that. There, There is more to it than that. And the scriptures clearly spell that out. And so I'm pleading with you, if you are one who has been kind of just clinging, clinging to that ambiguous faith, just saying, well, well, yeah, of course, Jesus is my Lord. Well, because I prayed that prayer you know, a long time ago. If your life is not reflecting it, please, please humble yourself. Come before the Father and seek his will. Repent and turn and seek to do his word and his will. Seek to follow the Master Yeshua that we could walk continually with the Father and we would walk as our Master Yeshua the Messiah walked. I pray that that will be what you do. And for those, for those who are hungering and thirsting and pursuing in this way, please encourage your brothers and sisters who may not, may not have that full understanding yet, those around you, those you love and care about, Share his word with them. Share these, these podcast episodes with them. There is a lost and dying world out there that is absolutely starving. And we have the bread of life. We have what will save them, what will sustain them, what will preserve them. We have it. We need to share it. And let people know where to find it. That they too may taste and see Adonai is good. Thank you for giving me your time. 
we need to go out and give them heaven. We need to, we need to make disciples, preach the gospel. And we need to live the life to which we have been called, that we would reflect the teachings of our master in our day-to-day living. Thank you again for your time. And until next time, may the favor our master, Yeshua the Messiah, found in the eyes of Hashem be upon you and all your household. And may the peace of God which passes all understanding, reign in your hearts and minds in Messiah Yeshua. Grace and peace to you. Chain Shalom.